Me too. <laughs> All right. Ah! <laughs> okay, here we go. If you like D&D, Audrey Hepburn, Fangoria, Harry Houdini, and Croquet, you can't swim, you can't dance, and you don't know karate, you might love My Chemical Romance. Do you guys know what Fangoria is? I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's, um, so in like the 80s, I think, it was a, um, horror anthology? Oh, Cool. It was like, I believe it was like a thing where either like it aired on some TV show or maybe it was like a straight to VHS thing or whatever. But like it was a bunch of horror movies, like kind of like a marathon. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Well, I'm Max. I'm Cassie. Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm not sure if that is what Fangoria is. <laughs> Fangoria was a film fan magazine. It was a horror film okay. fan magazine. Okay. Okay. I think they also did stuff like what I said, but maybe not. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and this is Thanks for the Venom, a Thanks for the Lyrics Scavenger Scramble special, mm-hmm. where we're going through the discography of My Chemical Romance, picking one lyric from one song. Mm-hmm. And today's song is Sleep from the album Welcome to the Black Parade. The Black Parade. Sorry. The Black Parade. The Black Parade. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, yes. The Welcome to the Black Parade is the song. Okay, I got it backwards. It's cool. So we chose Sleep. Again, there is so, I mean, this whole album is amazing. Such an interesting choice. Yeah. For a song. I was leaning to, well, okay. My favorite, my personal favorite songs are Welcome to the Black Parade, Mama, and I'd say This is How I Disappear. How about you, Max? Uh, It's Welcome to the Black Parade, Teenagers, House of Wolves, Mm -hmm. and Mama. Okay. How about you, Beth? Uh, Mine is Welcome to the Black Parade, Famous Last Words, and uh, probably The Sharpest Lives. Okay. Oh, man, I was so close to picking Sharpest Lives. <laughs> I love The Sharpest Lives. It was so, uh, it really gave me the literary references that my eighth grade self was craving in yeah. my music at the time. Nice. And wasn't Sharpest Lives supposed to be kind of about Gerard's relationship with Bert from The Used? That's a you question. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I never really looked into the meaning behind any of these songs because okay. this this is the first my chemical romance album that i ever listened to and it is definitely the one that i like know the best mm-hmm. have listened to the most but i don't really know the story behind it okay well i just remember hearing about that and to be honest i'm not that interested in that whole rumor but i were they did they have animosity there was rumor about it that they kind of because they were so close for a while and then they weren't and it was there was a rumor that it was because Gerard got sober and Bert didn't want to mm. and and so it kind of like split them apart because I guess maybe that's kind of how they what they bonded over maybe sure I don't know that's rumor but the story behind sleep is actually interesting uh, or I found it interesting do you know the story behind sleep Beth no nope. how about you Max no no okay well. So I have the special edition Black Parade, which is treasured in, in our household. <laughs> it's basically a, a nice velvet box with some beautiful pictures inside and a booklet that is Gerard Way talking about the making of the Black Parade. There's pictures, there's sketches from his ideas of costume design and themes. And then there's there's a section in the back that some of the members go over like their thoughts about the songs. And there is a little bit from Frank Iero, 
Yeah. Frank Iero, who's one of the guitarists, he mentions, I really, really like this song. It was written later on in L.A. around the same time as Famous Last Words. It just hits so hard when it comes in. I really love the mood it creates. The idea behind it is pretty straightforward, highly inspired by nerd movies and a haunted ass house (laughs) in the Hollywood Hills. (laughs) I love the tape recorder thing that Gerard did. Creeps me out. And then I'm going to also read you a little bit from their time in the haunted ass house (laughs) in the Hollywood Hills. So they end up going to a place called the Paramore, which is a private re- residence in the Hollywood Hills. It's supposed to be pretty haunted. If you've ever seen the music video for 30 Seconds to Mars's, um, what's the oh name of their song? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that song that they do? Uh, oh my gosh. Jared Leto's band did a music video whose concept was, what if we made a song about MCR staying at this hotel? And no it, it fucking way. Is like the story That's what that. that music video is about? Yeah. Wait, what? Isn't that basically what their music video is about? Is like this event that happened when the when MCR went to What is that song the called? No, it's a it's basically supposed to just oh, be it's the, the Shining. shining. Oh. <laughs> Whatever. It's okay. Similar. Uh, I don't remember, but you know what? Fuck. Fuck Jared, Fuck Leto. Jared Leto. Fuck Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's something we can all agree on. Yeah. Anyway. So, they are going to the Paramore to brainstorm and you know, develop their album, The Black Parade. I'll just read a few excerpts. We stepped out of the baggage claim at LAX and into the rain outside. I should mention that every time we go to Los Angeles for any reason at all, it rains for the duration of our stay. People would always say things like, man, this is the most rain we've ever gotten in Los Angeles, and you guys always bring the rain. It seemed like that. We hopped in a rental car and started driving. It was late at night when we pulled up to these menacing iron gates, which held a sign that said, the Paramore private residence, no honking. Bob hit a buzzer, exchanged some words with an intercom, and the gate slowly opened. I always thought this was for the desired effect of making it as creepy as possible when you went in, and it work. We stepped out of the car, grabbed our bags, and were let into our new home, the Paramore. It even sounds menacing, doesn't it? It was. As soon as you stepped in, you got a shining vibe. Right away, it felt like this place was going to consume you, and eventually it would. There were so many hallways that it seemed to lead somewhere very dark. Stairways led to places that were very cold. The whole place was cold. The whole place seemed haunted. We figured this would work for us. We all drew numbers to get to see who got which room and it almost seemed like the house chose which one we got because each room really seemed to fit each guy except Mikey. His room was terrifying to be in and I couldn't exactly tell you why. It just had a bad vibe to it. The next day our gear arrived and we set up. You could tell that no one had slept very well on account of the cold or the fact you always felt like someone was watching you. We set up the gear in this giant room with these amazing chandeliers and a Dutch looking wood ceiling. The room sounded dark but it would work for what we needed. I'm gonna skip ahead just a little bit. The stage is already being set for the lyrics we just listened to, Yeah, as you can tell. Okay, I'm not going into too much detail about what happened, and perhaps I never will, but there comes a time when you need to be much more than a friend, a bandmate, or a brother. You have to learn to be there for each other in ways you never knew existed, face things you never had to face together. Mental illness has always been an issue this band has dealt with, but it's something we've taken head on, something we've always beaten. But this time, depression hit one of us in a very severe way, and there was no shaking it off. Someone needed help. Someone needed to leave this house. It was the first time we tried to make music together while we were incomplete. It was paralyzing. 
then the house consumed us. We rocked around like zombies, not creating, not showering, not living. Some never left the rooms. I left my pajama pants on for a week once, constantly fighting back the urge to just walk into the swimming pool and stand at the bottom until I couldn't breathe. I would yell, I'm just gonna walk into that fucking swimming pool one day. We were all losing it. We had decided that we didn't want to videotape any of the writing process, and at this point we were glad that we didn't tape anything. We looked like ghosts and we haunted the house. Okay. Then it seemed as if fear started to creep its way into the camp. It felt like we were burning and drowning at the same time with no end in sight. We would try to write in vain, and eventually Frank had come up with this riff that ended up turning into House of Wolves, which was great and got us going, but we still felt incomplete because we were. I will also say right here that if it wasn't for the lovely Stacy Fass, our attorney, we wouldn't have made it through this period. She was our beacon of hope, our sister, and at times our mother. Many a night she would come out to see us at 4 a.m. and sit in the heavy room with us just to listen and talk. Then she would be brutally honest. She saved our lives. It was also time to start tracking, and right before we left the Paramore, we wrote a song called Sleep. We had a meeting with Rob and Craig Aronson our A&R, who was great and supportive through the whole process. We went over the songs and realized we had so many great songs, it made us feel finished enough to track. And having the gang all back and functioning, we packed up and headed to Oakwood and off to the Eldorado studio. So Sleep was one of the last songs to record after this like kind of horrific time spent at the Paramore. And a lot of uh, rumors about the song say that it's about their terrible experiences, like not getting sleep and, and just... Mm having a really bad time there. Mm. But anyway, what lines did you pick, Beth? So I couldn't decide. I like this one stanza, and I couldn't decide in between the first half and the second half before we realized that this is our podcast, and we can do what we want. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I picked the whole one. A drink for the horror I'm in, for the good guys and the bad guys. A drink for the horror that I'm in, for the good guys and the bad guys, for the monsters that I've been. Three cheers for tyranny, unapologetic apathy, because there ain't no way that I'm coming back again. Nice. I feel like that stanza is a very purposeful reference to the past albums. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. because not only the line, um, for the good guys and the bad guys, for the monsters, oh, for the monsters that I've been, that's written <coughs> as for the monsters in our beds on this lyric site, mm-hmm. weird, but three cheers for tyranny. I mean, mm-hmm. like... They know who they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if it had been anybody else writing that lyric, it wouldn't have be it wouldn't be suspect. Mm-hmm. But because of them and their history, it becomes an immediate reference to mm-hmm. me. And also, yeah. the good guys and the bad guys, the monsters that I've been, because mm-hmm. he has been a he's been the the man who has to do a thousand kills mm-hmm. uh, for the previous <laughs> album. Okay, and he's just a very theatrical guy generally in mm-hmm. terms of the way he writes lyrics. So I I wouldn't put it past Gerard to put this kind of reference in the music. Okay. Also, the part of the reason I think why I picked these lyrics is because it's, musically it's my favorite part of the song because mm-hmm. it it's got three cheers for tyranny, unapologetic, unapologetic. Yeah, apathy. I love mm-hmm. the um, inflection there. Super good it's rhythm. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Well, and it is three syllables. Mm-hmm. Very very emphasized. 
at something that I picked out while I was listening to this that I've never thought about before was the piano. Mm-hmm. There's a really strong, through the whole song, and it starts and ends with the piano. The piano for, serves as a bookend. Mm-hmm. And you can also hear it underneath everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it gives a really unique sound because there wasn't really that much piano in Three Cheers, the entire album. Yeah. And there is quite a lot of piano in Black Parade, actually. The, yes. Iconically, there is a huge piano drop in the very, very beginning of the actual song, Welcome to the Black Parade. And I, so we talk about in the earlier episodes how Gerard is pulling influence from classic British invasion artists mm-hmm. like the Beatles mm-hmm. and Bowie. Mm-hmm. I heard Elton John in this one. Okay. Um, oh, that's so interesting. In the way that he inflects the lyrics and also in that presence of the piano. Yeah. Those are the two. I just I felt there was something Elton John about the lyrics in this and but reflected, of course, through the, you know, the really interesting lens of MCR's very unique obsession with death. Yeah. Well, and the guy who plays the piano, he's not actually officially a member of the band. Oh, wow. um, I don't remember really? his name. Yeah. Um, I feel bad. I don't remember his name, but yeah, it's like the Billy Preston of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Oh, wait, here. Maybe it'll say here. Let's see. That's a reference. Yeah. He's the uh, piano player for the Beatles. Billy Preston. Oh, well, I didn't, <laughs> didn't he, get it. So. He was known as the Black Beetle and the Sixth Beetle. Well, no, the Sixth Beetle was the producer, but Billy Preston was the guy who actually played piano for them and then tried his own career and it didn't go so great. He wrote the song Nothing From Nothing, which is great, great, incredible, very happy and uplifting song. Yeah, I don't see, I'm not seeing, um, I mean, there's a lot of words on this insert, but... <laughs> Lots of words. Yeah. Lots of words. Like, literally, there's lots of words. I'm not seeing the guy who... Well, we can look him up, but... Okay. Interesting. Uh, they credit Mikey Way as Michael Way on this. Michael Way. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i definitely hearing... Uh, when I when I hear the lyrics, I'm, I'm hearing about, like... My personal interpretation is that I'm hearing about their his horrible experience there and that they kind mm-hmm. of each turned into their own monsters mm. and... Um, it kind of was a really rough time for the band. Now, who um, who was speaking in the 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 recording? Mm-hmm. That was Gerard. I knew okay. it. Yeah, and he's probably describing some of the night terrors he was yeah, experiencing. Probably. Have y'all ever had night terrors? No. I had sleep paralysis exactly once that I can remember. I've had sleep paralysis many times, and to be honest, it kind of sounds similar to what he's talking about. Patrick, my husband, has had, um, it's been a while, but he used to have night terrors, and a really common one is uh, someone sitting on your chest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, a witch. Hag. Yeah, so that's the that's the sleep paralysis. I had a sleep paralysis demon that is probably unique, and I don't know that any... I've never spoken to someone who had this particular kind of sleep paralysis demon, Mm -hmm. but I saw it coming through the wall of our bedroom. Oh, God. And it was floating through the wall as though the wall wasn't there, and it wasn't a witch or or a, a beastie of any kind. Mm-hmm. It was just a collection of geometrical, brightly colored geometrical objects. Whoa. And Ooh. I was deep, bone deep terrified of it. For some <laughs> reason, like I knew it wanted me dead. Yeah. Mine was, uh, I, well, some of the first ones were I would, because you know, a lot of times your eyes are open when you're having sleep paralysis. Sure. And so you see your bedroom and you see where you are, but um, you're still also dreaming at the same time. I would, 
interpret like a bump in my blanket as like someone hiding at the foot of my bed or um the big closet in my dorm room I interpret it as a hooded figure Mm -hmm. and then I'd also feel as if I was being slowly overtaken by like a demon like being possessed and I'd have to like really like violently shake it off that's Um, actually a good way to wake yourself up some sleep paralysis well that's what I had to do get the sensation back and then it was so bad for a while and this is when I um was in my new room a dorm room in an old building on campus which <laughs> yeah. made it all the more spookier it was getting so bad like i'd wake up from it and then when i'd go back to sleep i'd go right back into it so i'd have to like mm. wake myself up stay up like for 15 minutes to half an hour watching some jenna marbles or something <laughs> or i remember one time knocking on my my friend acro- my friend's door across from me and saying like i have to talk to somebody for just a little bit because i'm being possessed by a demon <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, uh, it was bad. And I started going to sleep with a, a pillow on my chest. That was, I found out you're not supposed to sleep on your back because you're more likely to have sleep paralysis. Has to do with the amount of oxygen you're receiving. Apparently when you sleep on your back, you receive the least amount. Mm. I was I was going to bed with a pillow on my chest. It was like a barrier. Like a shield. <laughs> and I'd also, I'm not a religious person, but I started like putting the New Testament on my chest as well. <laughs> going to sleep like In that. In case the demons wow. are religious. Yeah, I was like super paranoid and scared. But anyway. Oh my gosh. Kind of went off on a tangent. But... Well, I mean, it's all relevant. Yeah. Because this is the kind of stuff they were going through. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have any closing thoughts on Sleep or on the Black Parade? Oh, incredible album. Amazing album. Such a good album. I think, I feel like, and I don't know about you, Beth, or Max, but um, I feel like the Black Parade is so attractive to so many people because the storyline is so cohesive and mm-hmm, clear, mm-hmm. Yeah. especially in their music videos and their album art, that it is very easy to get absorbed into the storyline and into the themes. Yeah. And... The the songs very I mean revenge is a little bit harder to it, it's not as smooth of a storyline with the songs and the lyrics I would say but Black Parade is like way smoother and way more well put together. Yeah, I was gonna say it's crazy to go because I don't know if I've ever gone like it's kind of like we're going chronologically right now but to like even even with the improvement that they made from Bullets to Revenge the mm-hmm. the improvement it's so much cleaner yeah yes. yeah, 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 it's, yeah the sound is so clean yes and but it's still like i don't feel like it's one of like sometimes with with those kinds of things the ambient noise in the recording studio really adds to like a song or something like that or, or an mm-hmm. album it kind of adds to the energy mm-hmm. but i feel like with this that's not really i mean like it is the case because you kind of feel you kind of feel more like rough and rumble and raw and whatever in the yeah. first album but like still with this it's very like if i were to put on my ap lit hat mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of you know it's almost sterile uh-huh. in uh-huh. a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not not in a bad way necessarily. It's just cleaner and yes. very yeah. more put together and organized well. Purposeful. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's, it's... incredibly pers- purposeful. The fact that the album ends with Famous Last Words, or start with Famous Last Words, I can't remember. Yeah, it ends with Famous Last Words. Ends with Famous Last Words and it starts with the end. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, so smart. And very, very creative and well put together. And I just, I adore this album. Yeah, me too. It's one of my all-time favorites. Not even of just this band, just in general. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And also, like we were talking about previously, how they kind of do a mix of genres. Like, this one is a mix of genres. Like, there is, like, some albums, you listen to them and it's like every song sounds the same. 
Yeah. Like, for example, I loved Pierce the Veil's album Collide with the Sky because it was very varied and kind of a mix of genres, mix of vocalists. It was very like you could follow it very well, whereas their second album, it like every single song sounded the same and I just could not get into it. I, it sounded it almost started to get irritating after a while listening to it. I can't stand music where every single song kind of sounds the same. And this album is not that. It is yeah. all over the place. I mean, they even have fucking Liza Minnelli in the song Mama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so theatrical. And mama's like a polka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then teenagers, and teenagers is, is like, like from the 50s. rock. Yeah. 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 And I was in like House of Wolves is kind of like rockabilly. Yes. Kinda. Yes. And then, um, what is it? The end has some doo wop in it. <laughs> so good. Like this the, album's ooh, incredible. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just. Oh, it's amazing. Listen to the Black Parade. If you have not listened to it back to front to back recently, yeah. get in there. I remember yeah, I was... listening to it front to end at my computer in my room with the lights off. It was, <laughs> it was an amazing experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I just remember, I remember so clearly having my little iPod mini and um, <laughs> and uh, listening to Teenager. No, uh, probably just the whole album, but Teenagers is the one that sticks out to me uh-huh. in my mom's minivan while she was like inside <laughs> somewhere talking to some adult. And I was like, I don't want to talk to this adult. I'm going to stay in the car. And listening to the Black Parade and just thinking, this is what music is. Yes. Like, this is what music is supposed to be. Yes. Well, it, and- it made me feel like this is so weird, but it made me feel like smart for like listening to it because sure. it just like it was so it's so uh oh, cerebral. Cerebral. Yes. Yes. It's very, very cerebral without being condescending. I yes. feel like. Well, even even the sound is cerebral. Like it definitely has that. What? Who does the wall sound? The guy who worked with the Beatles, Alan Spe- Spector. Phil Spector. Thank you, the murderer man. <laughs> The crazy murderer man. Uh, He was famous for his wall sound. uh, And that's... He produced... Ah, oh, dang! Which album was it? Oh, I don't remember. Damn it! Yeah, I don't remember. But he was—he was famous for just having just this loud, very full and rich sound to the music. And I feel like that's what this album has. And 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 a lot of people were drawing comparisons to Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with Black Parade, not only because of the outfits, but because of how the whole album was structured from to end. It was like a, it was like a, you know, you have your um the first Sgt. Pepper song in the beginning, and then you have the the last one at the end. Yeah, and with yeah. Black Parade, it's the end and famous last words. And then you also have Blood if you listen long enough. I love Blood. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, and. Again, like this, this was, and for you as well, Beth, like this was the album that I connected most with emotionally. And because it had such a cohesive storyline of like, we're all in this shit together. Uh, so many MCR fans felt like they had a community, a family, almost like a religion. Like for me, it definitely was like a religion for a while just to hold on to when you're going through the, the darkest shit. Like it was really, it was therapeutic for me and it helps me kind of process my own trauma. Um, well, there was first revenge, which was very angry. And then this was very like sad, but hopeful. It's almost like as you go through the different MCR al- albums, you're going through the different stages of grief. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Very important album to everyone assembled, I think, Black Parade. Oh, yeah. All three of us. Absolutely. And we hope that it was important to you as you listen. And uh, we hope you can find some more meaning in it. Our next episode and final episode together, we'll be taking a look at a song from MCR's fourth 
And hopefully I won't be able to say final studio album very much longer. Danger Days. Yes. So we'll see you then. See you then. Bye. 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 The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.